Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kimisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors of A Day of Prayer. I'm so glad you're here to join me today, and I'm excited to get into the Word. Today's episode is about prayer and getting quiet to get counsel from the Lord. So let's start by looking at a few scriptures. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. And Proverbs 24, verse 6 says, For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, when you read that, you might think, oh, well, yes, talk with your friends about it or other believers and and get the word of the Lord or, you know, get their thoughts on it or things of that nature and, you know, keep moving. But I want to correct that thinking and challenge you to seek God's counsel. Anytime we're coming to our Heavenly Father, our the Godhead, our Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God always wants to be your first stop. He wants to be your first answer, and he wants to be your only answer. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't get confirmation from other believers, but Holy Spirit, and I know this about the Lord, he always wants to speak to you first. And typically, other people are involved when we don't hear what the Lord is saying clearly, or we are not certain, or sometimes it's if we're in rebellion or we're being disobedient. But when Jesus came in the earth, he made it very clear that he was not going to leave us helpless. He wasn't going to leave us without guidance or as orphans uh, wandering about in the earth. But he not only left his peace, but the, the, I would say the feeling or the comfort of being that knowing that we're well taken care of, but he was going to send a literal comforter to us to not only be with us, but also be in us. And when Jesus was ascending and uh, the beginning of Acts back into heaven, uh, right before that happened, he told them to go to Jerusalem and to wait until they received the promise from the Father, who was the Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit is not here just to give us warm and fuzzies. He's not here just so we feel better knowing that he's there, or he's not even an abstract part of the Godhead. This is his time in the earth, and he's fulfilling his work and his ministry as a part of the Godhead in the earth right now. And that work is to be with each and every believer and provide us with the power and the ability to do what God asked us to do, to walk safely in the will of the Father, and to um, know exactly what it is that the Lord would have us to do. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital for every believer to receive. And there's no condemnation associated with it uh, one way or the other, but it's a gift that the Lord Jesus said was so important to him that we had it, that he instructed the apostles to not go anywhere else until they get this promise from the, from the Father. Don't start work. Don't preach a message. <laughs> don't do anything. Go and wait for this for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to remain with you the same way the Holy Spirit came upon him, that's the Lord Jesus, and remained with him. So why would he want us to go around with less than what he had when he said that we could and should and would do the same things that he would do and greater works as we fulfill 
um, the work that he's assigned to the body of Christ. And he's given us a portion of that to do um, because he's seated at the right hand of the father until the next segment of his, his activities here on the earth. So with that being said, transition from taking polls from other people and from looking to your friends or outside people for answers to your questions in life, for answers in your prayer time, for answers for what you need and put God first. Um, Put just asking the Lord, what do you say about this? What do you think, Lord? You know, and it doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is. You'd be surprised. I I go to the Lord about everything. If if it's my toenails, I don't care. Jesus, <laughs> Holy Spirit, what'd you say about this? Let's go, you know, if something's not the way it's supposed to be. And as I look and examine all the life that God gave me because he's my creator, I ask him about it because that only makes sense, right? Ask the creator, not someone who's learning about it just like you are. Now, and again, I say that doesn't mean that you're excluded or I'm telling you not to seek counsel from other believers, but I'm saying seek counsel from Holy Spirit first and give him the opportunity so that if you do still need confirmation, you know, they're speaking by the Holy Spirit's guidance and not their own, because my personal advice is worth zero to you because just a, a, an experience, or this is what I did, or this is what worked last time. And it's not thus saith the Lord, as this is what the Lord taught me and showed me is going to lead you to hit or miss results. And that's putting it nicely. If I lived a life of failure. So if I, for example, if I lived a life of sexual sin and I was in bondage to my sexual sin and you came and asked me what I thought about how you should live your life. And I start giving you advice that's based on my sexual sin. Guess where you're going to end up? You got it in sexual sin. And you're going to drive that same course that didn't work out for me. You're going to put your life on it. You're going to go down that same pathway just to only to discover the same thing that I've already discovered is that there's no life at the end of it. It's only death. But because we are here to fulfill the ministry that the Lord gave us, we need to ask him first, seek his guidance and his counsel. And anybody that has a, that feels like that's, that's not right. Then I would say, who do you want to be looked at? Who, who should be asked first? It's the creator. All right. Um, so let's look at John chapter 16, verse 13, and see what the word of God says there and what we can hope to get from Holy Spirit as we are um, asking him. He's our first stop for help, remember. And it's okay if he, if we still need confirmation at times, but the Lord even wants us to mature so that we're able to hear the word of the Lord and be satisfied and know that he's telling us the truth and we can trust and believe what he said. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14 and 15, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So what did we get from that? Holy Spirit is absolutely only going to ever tell us the truth. Remember, he is full and equal part of the Godhead. There's father, son, and Holy Spirit. And within the Godhead, there is divine order and divine um, structure. And there's not a one is not over the other, but they willingly submit. No, they're not struggling for power, but they willingly submit to the divine order, 
right? That's why the scripture is laid out the way it is. Father God is in command. And although Jesus, the, the son of God and Holy Spirit are equals, they have a role that they fulfill within the fullness of the Godhead. And each one does their own part. Father's not doing what he charged Jesus Christ to do. Jesus Christ is not doing what he charged Holy Spirit to do, what, what Holy Spirit has been charged to do. But they willingly and lovingly yield to one another for the sake of the goal that is shared by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now let's go over to uh, Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verses 26 and 27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So that that scripture just confirms that there is um, a harmony within the Godhead and there's not struggle, neither is there subjugation, but there is willing submission and each part of the Godhead is working on the same plan. Each plan of the Godhead, part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, have the same will. And each one is fulfilling their part of that perfect will in our lives. And as believers, we have to transition from settling from permissive will of God, which is very dangerous for believers. It's very dangerous for humanity to be in God's permissive will. But we need to transition to looking for his perfect will and not being satisfied unless we see his perfect will done in our lives and finding out what that perfect will of God is concerning us or the situations that we're facing. So when we come to God in prayer, it shouldn't be a time of just you know, blathering out everything that's on our heart and our mind. Not that you can't share your feelings with God, but take your concerns to him and then be quiet and listen. Let him tell you what the answer is. Let him tell you what to ask him for, because that's the secret of the Lord Jesus's success. Yes, he was obedient and that's absolutely right. But when we see the miraculous coming out of him, when we see the healing and the raising of the dead, all of those things is because he knew exactly what the father's will was. And he took the time to ask and listen and let Holy Spirit guide him into the perfect will of God being accomplished in that situation. So I have a a tip, a couple of tips that I want to share with you about your prayer life, but this is your life in general as a believer that will help you be successful and, and, um, I'll say succeed more and more with God. And as first, when you read the scriptures and you look into the word of God, look to see his character and his nature instead of looking for a formula. Don't just look to memorize the scriptures so you can impress people, you know, quoting your Bible verses or you can, you know, spout it out and say that you memorized it. Don't look at the word of God in that way, but look to see who God is. Look for his character, his identity, his nature, his love, his will and his desire and what he's working on. Because at the end of the day, it's the Lord's word that will not return void. Not my word, not your word, not any person's word, not anybody else's word and not an angel's word, unless he's speaking what the word of God says, what thus saith the Lord is not coming to pass, but his word will not return void. So then why would we want to pray or pray pray any prayers that aren't based on what he's already saying? To me, that doesn't make any sense. And when I learned this, (laughs) when the Lord finally got it through to my head that, uh, and my being spirit, soul, and body, that I was supposed to be 
ushering in his perfect will into the earth. And I should ask him, no matter what situation I was facing in life, no matter what it regarded, I was supposed to come to him and find out what he wanted me to ask him for and what he was saying about it. When I, when the Lord taught me that and I really grasped it, it changed my prayer life. And I went from having um, the prayer barrage, you know, you just spray and pray, if you will, you throw up every scripture you can think of and you pray and, and you know, throats dry and everything else, <laughs> hoping that something out of what you said was going to work to being able to confidently come before my heavenly father and come boldly before the throne of grace with, with confidence and understanding and love towards my father, knowing Lord, there's nothing for you to say no to, because I already told you, I only told you what you told me. So if you tell me to ask you for X, Y, and Z, then I'm coming to you to ask for X, Y, and Z. I, pro- I provide his word back to him and not generating my own thoughts concerning it. And when that happens, the Lord's like, thank you. The angels are able to go to work on it and get the task finished. Now, that doesn't mean that it's an overnight thing. For some of it, it there's divine timing that's involved, but it's finished and it's done. And I have confidence in my prayers when I pray according to his will. That's what the apostle John was talking about. We know that he hears us when we pray according to his will. And so simply going, Holy Spirit, what do you say about this? And then being quiet, taking the time to listen and get the word of the Lord will change your prayer life and it'll do wonders for you. And it'll boost your confidence and your faith will be encouraged and inspired because you'll start seeing the answers to your prayer come in consistently time after time after time, because you, you're you no longer praying your own will or your own thoughts or fear or any of that other kind of ungodliness. But now you're praying what King Jesus has said. You're, you're hearing directly from the Holy Spirit, what's in the heart of Father God coming through Jesus Christ, because he's the way, the truth and the life. And he is the head of the body, which of uh, the church, which is his body to you. Wow. Look at that, that, that dynamic power that will come out of that and the consistency in your prayer life that will come out of that. And the other tip I want to share with you, in addition to looking for his character and nature, instead of a formula, when you read his word and when you hear what he says to you is don't rush. You always have time to hear from the Lord. The adversary would come in and try to pressure you and go, oh, hurry up. If you don't, if you don't, something's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. It's going to die. You're going to lose. There's going to be loss. And to get you to skip that step of hearing from your heavenly father. But we already read that there was safety in the multitude of counsel. There's nothing that's impossible for our God. There's no situation that goes too far that he can't bring it back. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has the keys of hell and of death in his hand. And we know that he has been raised from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. So not even death can tell Jesus, no, he can turn back that clock in that time. So whatever it is, you always have time to hear from the Lord. And if there comes a, like a, a, a pressure upon you, a pressure for you to rush and hurry up and not take the time to hear what God has to say. There's a rush, rushing, uh, a driving spirit that's trying to attack you and uh, divert you and deceive you. Stop right there and declare in the mighty name of Jesus. You bind that spirit up in Jesus name and you cast it out. And then you go, Holy Spirit, I release you and I open the door to hear what you have to say. Press in even more to hear what God has to say and write it down, please. And thank you. (laughs) So you can go back and look at it later and you can read it back to God verbatim to open the door for him. The Lord works in this natural realm by people on the earth, opening the door for him through their prayers. And we want those prayers only to be used for the plan and the will of God. And what reason does the adversary have to try to get you to skip that step? 
is so that your prayers won't be answered, so that his works and efforts won't be destroyed in the earth, and that you will think that God doesn't hear you and that he no longer answers prayers, and you'll believe any and every lie that he will try to tell you that's against your God and against your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and against the Holy Spirit. Well, we know that our Father is truth. We know that the devil is a liar. We know that our Lord is good and he answers prayers, and we know that he is here to see his kingdom come and his will be done. And when we align with that, then we know that we have his kingdom coming on our behalf and his will being done in our life, which is the the goal and the epitome of what we're supposed to be doing. We know that we're safe in that and we have success and, vi- and victory. There's two things I want you, two accounts that I want you to study on your personal time. And that is uh, John chapter 11. This is the, the biblical account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And I want you to look at God's character in that situation. And it, it proves out that God is not in a hurry. It confirms that not even death is strong enough to stand between God and answering your prayers. And when you are confident in him and you don't have any limitations on what he can do in your life, he can do anything in your life. That's the very thing he told Jairus of Jesus when he was here in the, his natural ministry. When Jairus's daughter was done, he had to, Jairus had to move from thinking, I'm just asking for healing to now thinking I'm, ra- I'm asking for her to be raised from the dead. And it looked like the situation had gone too far because Christ had been delayed and healing by healing someone else, someone taking some healing for herself and being restored. And the Lord stopped and spoke with her. But Jesus didn't say, get off me, lady, and, and keep running and ignore her. He took care of all that the father had, all that the father willed, all that the Holy Spirit orchestrated to be done according to the perfect will of Father God. Jesus took care of all of that and still was there to answer Jairus's prayers. And so it may have looked like what he needed was healing for his daughter at one point, and then it shifted to being raising from the dead. But guess what? God had the answer. And because there was, Jesus did not rush and be afraid. Fear is also associated with being in a hurry and that kind of a rushing sensation. There's also fear involved because that was not a part of him. And he knew the character of God to take his time and hear what Holy Spirit has to, says to do and once done and to walk in that, he had an answer of victory for not only Jesus, that was to his credit in his ministry, of course, and credit to Father God, but also Jairus got to have that testimony and the, the daughter that was raised. And then Mark 11 um, this is uh, in within this chapter. There's actually a lot in this chapter, but this particular part, I want you to read about the fig tree and it's um, partway through that about verse 20 and maybe a little bit up from verse 20 um, and Mark 11, the fig tree. This is something you need to know about God's character and his nature is that the Lord is always going to tell you what is at the root of any situation when you give him an opportunity to speak into your life. Sometimes we bring our questions to the Lord or we bring our problems and we want him to take care of the fruit on the tree. We want him to take care of the leaves or maybe some branches, but God, he does not deal with that. He wants to speak to the root. That's his language. That's how he talks. That's how he um, engages in, in creation. And that's just his, this is who he is. So when we understand that we're not here to change his character and nature, but observe and learn from him and receive it, 
then we're able to take that and just know how our God is going to respond and who he is. And now we're able to direct that into powerful prayers and to powerful thoughts concerning our God, that Lord, you're not blowing me off. You're not delaying, but you're telling me what's actually at the root. And sometimes it seems like it's totally unrelated. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, in learning this from the Lord and my, my own walk with him, sometimes I'd be like, God, my toe hurts. Or um, for example, my hip would hurt. And the Lord said, stretch your calf muscle. But I said, uh. <laughs> you know, clean my ears out real quick and say, okay, but Lord, I said, my hip hurts, fix my hip. And then he would say, stretch your calf muscle. And when I obeyed what he actually said, guess what? My hip was relieved. So when the Lord speaks to you, even if it seems random, even if it seems like this is totally out of alignment, you know, make sure you're on the same conversation that he's having. You're talking about the same subject. And when he gives you an answer, know that it's the root problem that he's addressing. It's the root cause of the situation that he's addressing, not the um, symptoms. It's not the fruit. So when you come to him, that, that breeds trust when you understand this about his character and his nature. And then when you take the time to hear from him and get his counsel in your prayers, not only what to do, but even what to ask him for, tell me what I need to ask you for concerning my children, Lord, and what's going on. What do I need to talk to you about concerning my finances, Lord? Help me to see things the way you do. And you take that place that we have with him seated in heavenly places, that place you have with him seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the father. Come on. When you do that, you will see a dynamic change in your life. Your prayers will be consistently answered. (laughs) You won't wonder if your Lord hears you. And if he's going to answer you, you won't wonder what he's talking about. He will no longer seem mystical and mysterious to you, but he will be, you will be closer to him because you will see that he is a friend that you can be confident in. He's always right. He always loves us. And he always only wants his perfect will to be done. So of course, he's going to tell his beloved children, you know, he's not going to give us a snake when we've asked him um, for a fish or a stone when we've asked him for bread. He's going to absolutely do what's right because that's who he is. That's his character and his nature. So I hope this blessed you today. And I hope you got something out of the word. Um, Take some time, meditate on these scriptures, meditate on putting God first, letting him be your best friend. He's your first counselor and your first sounding board. And when you hear what he has to say, don't take, don't take a poll or what anybody else thinks you go and obey your heavenly father and take the time to cultivate your ability to hear from him, to follow the peace of God that the Holy Spirit is providing on the inside of you. And if he's telling you no, then obey his no. If he's telling you yes, then obey his yes. If he's, whatever guidance he's giving you, obey it. And your prayer life will, I'll say explode, but... (laughs) It'll just be so much more dynamic, so much more enjoyable, and you will be that uh, that person wielding the power of God and the word of God with, with skill and strategy provided straight from heaven. I hope this word blessed you today, and I can't wait to meet you back here next week. And remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>